Well, good evening, everyone. Is my mic on? Okay. How you doing? Good. My name is Jessica Tumusime, and this is my lovely husband, David Tumusime. We've been married for eight years, and we just got to give it up to Jesus for um, all the things that he's done in our lives up to this point. Um, also, we want to just take a moment to honor God and to thank him for what he's doing right now. Because as David and I have been praying, um, just God said that there are some people that have come with such a wounded heart that they might not make it. And their marriage is really struggling. It's on life support. And so we just want to acknowledge the presence of God, that he is close to the brokenhearted. And with the presence of God, there is an opportunity for miracles, signs, miracles, and wonders. So we just want to thank God for that. Also, we want to thank uh, Pastor Tim and Rachel for allowing us to come and just share our hearts with you guys. So thank you. Um, recently, uh, there was a marriage conference that said 85% of married couples, um, well, husbands don't know what their wife's favorite flower is. And uh, a husband looked over at his wife and said, um, you're self-rising, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Self-rising flower. Thank you. Um, so some of you may not know, um, or some have heard a little bit of our testimony. Um, David and I, we were not in, uh, we didn't know each other very long when we first met. Uh, we had met, um, so we had known each other for three months, and after three months, we were engaged. Yeah, that was quick. So when I came and uh, talked to my uh, dad about it, the word that he said to me was, make sure that you have heard from the Lord so that when you no longer feel like you love him, and he said it just like that, <laughs> when you no longer feel like you love him, that you are walking in obedience with God. So that it didn't matter what David did, that I know that I could walk in faithfulness to God no matter how difficult the marriage got, no matter what our circumstances were, that I could be faithful to God. And sometimes people don't anticipate the circumstances that will come in their lives. They think that things are going to go well, when, particularly when they enter into the faith, when they become Christians. They think, oh, once I make Jesus the Lord of my life, that there's going to be no more suffering. Everything's going to go really well. And they are signed up for complete disappointment, right? Um, and so even in marriage, uh, you think that the marriage is going to be easy because you love that person, but there are circumstances that you necessarily can't anticipate that end up coming. And if your marriage or your faith is driven or centered on how you feel or how circumstances go, you are in for a rude awakening because uh, Jesus says in this life there is going to be suffering. There is going to be trials and tribulations, but he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. And so um, I just want to remind you that um, 
you can take heart that Jesus has overcome. So no matter what baggage you find yourself with today, I want you to remember that God is present with you um, in this very circumstance and that he has everything that you need to live a fruitful life and where you can overcome. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to start off with um, John 60, um, 60 um, through verse 68. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there to John 6. in there. Okay. When many of his disciples heard this, this is after um, Jesus was talking about um, him being the bread of life and um, that we would have to um, drink of his blood and eat of his body. Many were offended at the word. It said, he said these things um, in a synagogue while he was teaching in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard this, they said, this is a difficult and harsh and offensive statement. Who can be expected to listen to this? But Jesus, aware his disciples were complaining about it, asked them, does this cause you to stumble and take offense? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The, the flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But still, there are some of you who do not believe and have faith. For Jesus knew from the beginning who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, saying this, this is the reason why I've told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him the father. As a result of this, many of his disciples had abandoned him and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said, do you not want to leave too? Simon Peter answered, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. And so when your circumstance comes face to face with you, and you feel like you want to abandon either your marriage or want to walk away from your faith, I want to remind you, who else can you turn to? To who else can we go? Okay. That's really good stuff. And, and so uh, I just want to add a story to that, because to me, she's the preacher, I'm the story guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how we roll. She's, when we get opportunities to do ministry together, it's, I love it. Because I get to hear her preach to everybody else. Like, I get the message at home. Most, <laughs> most times when I leave church and then I get home, she's like, you said that word wrong. You, 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 you said, you said recognition, not recognize, or agreement, or ag agreement, you know? Uh, so we learn these things together. So my English has improved. Um, but I remember uh, our, our first uh, conversation after we're married. So um, I'm from Africa, so I'm used to crazy things. I'm in college. I have nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm living at a mission house. 
and I'm, on, I'm, I'm a student on scholarship. So that tells you how much I had. <laughs> and so we get married, and then she tells me, you know what? I'd written in my journal that when I meet my husband for the first year of our marriage, none of us is going to have a job. We're going to live by faith. We're going to get to know each other. Because we're just there for a very short period. And so I'm looking at her. You want to add to this? Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> let me add some context. There was a pastor. Um, RVL, I don't know if you guys have heard, Ray Vanderlaan, he was talking about how Jewish people, when they first got married, um, neither of the uh, couples would work. They would take that year off, and they would take that time to get to know each other and to pray and seek the Lord. And when I heard him say that, I said, that's a prophetic word. Uh, that's what I'm going to do with my husband. So, and so fast forward. And so here I am. Um, uh, he agreed. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I had no way out. <laughs> we were married. So, um, and so, so here's how the first year goes. We moved back to Michigan, moved to South Haven, and uh, um, they, we get a place to stay in the middle of a blueberry farm. It's just a farmhouse that her mom owned, and so we started living there. And um, I remember most of the church people that I knew. It's like, David, you're married. What are you doing? And I'm like, no. The Lord told us, the first year of marriage, no work. <laughs> yep. And so the believers are looking at me like, you read the scriptures, right? Because have you read the book of Timothy? Like, if you can't take care of your household, you're worse than an infidel. Like, you're not a believer. David, you don't work. You don't eat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, Lord, did I, did I miss something? And so I, it was an, it was... It was just so interesting that the people that I thought I would get my refreshment from, them saying, man, you're walking in faith. We're cheering you on. We're the ones challenging me using scripture. And then the, ungod the people that we would consider ungodly, they don't go to church, they don't do this. They're like, I wish we did that. <laughs> so I'm confused. I'm like, who is hearing from God and who is not? We're a young couple. And, and so I remember that season of just, you know, walking through things. But as, and then we find out in that season we're pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's insurance is not possible. There's no money. There's all of this stuff. But we have, you know, you know how like God and Elijah had a connection through the ravens? You know, it's like, but then a believer is telling you, David, you're not supposed to live off of ravens like this. People shouldn't just be giving you stuff. You're a man. You should work. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, it's, so it's like these, I'm sharing this story with you because it's, it's really in those moments that whether you're doubting what God told you or you're going to believe what God told you, even though it looks unnatural to the people that have been there before you. Some people have been married for 40 years. They know, David, a job is good for every spouse. A good bank account is good for every spouse. Mm -hmm. David, uh, an estate plan is good for every household. If, if we were started working on our estate plan in the first year of our marriage, it would have been a blank page <laughs> with our signatures on it. And so where I'm sharing this is, 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 uh, is the patience 
of what Jesus talks about. I'll read a verse, First Thessalonians uh, 1 and 5. Paul's, Paul is talking to the church saying, uh, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. And when I read that, I thought that word power meant like miracles, signs, and wonders, fire from heaven, and interesting stuff. But here's the definition that Rick Renner put on it. God's inerrant ability to grow and transform something. Mm. In other words, this is not the power we're talking about in Acts chapter 2. That's dunamis. Mm-hmm. The power that he's talking about is rooted in the, in the gospel to transform you. And he's saying it's already on the inside of you. And then he goes on to say, and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So he's pretty much saying, <laughs> uh, I, I was stoned, I was pressed, I was crushed, I was thrown out. Nobody understood clearly what I was talking about. But because I knew where I had gotten it from, and I knew the connection that I had, you as the church are the evidence that I've been faithful to the call that God has called me to. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think to me that's, that's marriage. I know we've been married eight years, and what we're sharing, most of you know already. I like to always link everything to the gospel. And so as, as we're walking through this season, it was almost to the yard mark. Okay. Exactly. We get a call from Texas. Hey, would you come be worship pastors for the ministry? Do you think we went to ask God if that was the right thing to do? I was still so young, I didn't even ask how much they were paying. <laughs> Once you've lived without pay for a year, anything that pays <laughs> is good. She's pregnant, <laughs> everything's ready. I mean, you see, and I think that's one thing that I want to encourage you with, is when we, when we talk about believing God, mm-hmm. and everybody equates it to simplicity, you know, it's... You know what? You know why you fail? You know why you know why the times are hard? It's because you don't have enough faith. It's because you're not believing. Mm-hmm. But I'll, what I'm trying to share with you here is, can you imagine the person who made this bottle made it complete? But for you to drink this water, <laughs> you've got to mess it up. You've got to take the lid off. You've got to put it upside down bottoms up to empty it but but what you're doing to the bottle is is messing up with its integrity so you can get what was put on the inside of it I think that's how marriage works in every single one of you God put a packaged deal for somebody that you're married to but the only way to get it out is if that other person takes the tip off, and you're like, I'm not going to be the same again. And then they start taking out of the cup. And, and, and so I remember that season of us going back home and saying, man, I feel exposed. The word of God is attacking me. I'm worse than an infidel. I can't provide for my household. And so I remember... Uh, the call from Texas felt like a, a miraculous provision. I even didn't ask how much I was going to pay. So we're excited. Uh, we even give away one of our cars because we couldn't take it with us. We get into one car, we downsize, go to Texas. 
And this job was paying us not enough to even rent an apartment. And we're pregnant. No, she's pregnant. <laughs> and we're living in this. So uh, a, fr a friend of ours has, had a pool house. It was the size of that back end right there. So our bedroom and the kitchen was one room. And the, the dividing thing was a small table in the middle. So, um, and a water heater, you had about two minutes of hot water. <laughs> so I'm sharing this so you can get the context of the, there's a process in believing God that he's still revealing what he put on the inside. Mm -hmm. But can you be patient through the process? Mm -hmm. I remember turning to her one day and then I said, this is not what you signed up for. So if you need to go back home, it's totally fine with me. I have let you down. I've disappointed you. <laughs> I know what you signed up for was different. What we thought of marriage was what had been taught. And what we thought of a lot of things was what we had heard. But when we started the journey, it was, it, it, it was, I felt like, yeah, someone took the lid off and poured everything I knew out and said, there you go. And so I'm telling her, I have nothing left to give. Where we are is not a conducive situation for both of us. We're living with people who are Christians. But you, 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 I had that feeling of, man, I'm not man enough to provide. Even when ravens are bringing in the food, but you feel like, man, am I, I'm not, I can't even get an apartment for us. And I remember that season I began to discover the power of scripture. Um, I started to get up at 5 a.m. They had a little basketball court outside, and I was up 5 a.m. just pacing and praying. I didn't even know what to pray. And she'd be like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the only person I know how to connect with right now. And I'm out, and I'm out there pacing, praying. In, this, in the meantime, I'm going to church for rehearsal every week, for staff meeting every week, ministering to people every Sunday, but this is falling apart. We're like hanging on each other like. <laughs> and so these are, I mean, these, are, these were steps that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that God did it to us, no. What I'm saying is, uh, it's like when you put the seed in the ground, the ground is wired to expose what's on the inside of the seed. Mm. So it's, it's, it's not that the devil is, is, is doing what the devil does. No, it's for God to expose what he's put on the inside of you. We got to break the shell. The ground is wired. If you put the seed on a windowsill, what happens? Probably not going to get to the tree. It won't grow in the windowsill. Mm. But when you put that piece in the ground, and the ground does its magic. <laughs> you know, the Bible says the seed actually dies. Am I, 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 are you relating this to your marriage in any way? <laughs> because when you get married, <laughs> to me, those, these, those lessons started coming to, to my spirit. Do you want to continue portions of this? And what I'll say to that is that what my dad had said, I didn't know how prophetic that was. Make sure that you have heard from the Lord so that when the feelings are no longer there, you can still walk out 
in faithfulness confidently. I knew what I had heard from the Lord. I knew what we had heard from that Lord in that year of sowing. You might come out in tears, but you're going to reap a harvest. And so in that time of just, um, just prayer, I knew that like what I had heard from the Lord, and I wasn't going to jump ship. And I think when circumstances get so bad, there's that temptation to jump, to bail. Like when the circumstances don't look right. And sometimes we can look to the natural to determine and to get our information. But we need to look up to get our revelation. And so nobody else, I knew in that time, nobody else could know what I was experiencing besides Jesus, other than my husband. And so sometimes you might feel like your spouse is your opponent, but in that moment, when you both are coming to the Lord, your spouse is your ally. Only your spouse really knows what's going on and can really uh, take your needs you know, into prayer. And so I knew that like, that wasn't my time to bail. And so I was remembering what my dad had said um, to walk out, remember what the Lord said. And so sometimes you got to remember when you're in those hard times to go back to what the word of God has said to you, because that is your anchor. That is your true north. And when everything feels like it's falling apart, it's your life, you're building your life on the word of God. And that will keep you anchored no matter what the circumstances look like. And shortly um, after that, like in that time of prayer, uh, we heard God say uh, to go to um, another church. And uh, we ended up going to that church. And um, go ahead, you can explain what happened there at that church. Yeah, so in prayer, you see, uh, people always play with giving. We had $200 to our name at the time. And a child. And a child. And that was what that was on the account. So while I was praying, uh, I had this instruction. Um, hey, you have nothing, so why don't you give what you have left? And trust me to provide for you. I said, Lord, I've been trusting from year one. We lived without jobs. Isn't that trust? <laughs> we got this job without asking for how much you paying, what is in this. We just came because at, at the end of the year mark, you said... We uh, gave us a year, here's a year, we came. And it's like everything that we're believing for seems to be uh, being blown. And so mm -hmm. when this word comes and says, you know what, my wife will confirm this one because I don't, I don't have enough faith left. <laughs> if I go and tell her, hey, our last, we're also going to give it to. Uh, I, I, I already told her to leave. Now if I tell her this, she'll think, that's how you want to kick me out? <laughs> so, so I prayed, I said, Lord, you let her confirm it. So I came back in the room and then I said, the Lord wants us to do something dangerous. Guess what our answer was? To give what we have left? <laughs> and I said, is that what he told you? <laughs> and then I said, how much did he tell you we should give? <laughs> and she goes, all of it. And I said, Holy Spirit, thank you. So now, <laughs> that day I'm supposed to go to work. 
So we choose, I said, I call in, I said, you know what, I'm not coming in. Uh, we have an instruction from the Lord. We walk to the place that they told us to go give this money. It was a prayer call center. The lady, there was an old lady at the door. We get to the door. The lady says, you're here to make a big decision. And the Lord asked you, asked you to sow a seed. A seed. I was like, I don't want to ask you how much. <laughs> and then she directed us to where the giving place was. The moment I reached to the, at the box, we get together there. We pray, throw the envelope in. And it was almost like just silence. I thought maybe you would hear like thunder. <laughs> like a big roar voice from heaven. My beloved child, thank you for obeying and trusting me. But it was total silence and the lady prayed for us and then said the decision you have to make is you have to move and we left there got in the car on our drive back I knew what that meant I went to the church I was walking at that I was fully committed to I told the pastor I'm stepping down and I won't say what else happened there but it was a rough meeting I, I didn't give him two weeks notice, <laughs> so that was, I came from there, I went over there, and uh, in the middle there, we skipped a bunch of stories in between the things that we tried to get our own provision met. Mm -hmm. uh, we tried a lot of things in between of this journey here, but at the end, long story short, in the period from me leaving the church that I was at, I kept helping them, but I wasn't working on staff. To the, to the time that we leave Texas, we made more money than we ever made in all the other years put together. God's provision, we never had a house. We got a house in the time that I had no, no place to work. Uh, I, I know I'm paraphrasing this. You're, you're wondering, how did you get from zero to all things? I can't explain it fully, except I can tell you more stories. <laughs> but I want to save you the stories. There were, there were calls. Um, like, when you're praying, and this is something that I do often, sometimes, like, when you feel in your spirit, like, um, and you just start praying in that spirit language, um, and you don't necessarily know what you're praying about specifically, I wait for things to drop. I wait for phone calls. I, I anticipate phone calls. I anticipate for people to, things to basically stop, start dropping. Oh, yeah, she'll and be like, don't forget to check the mail. There may be something good for us over there. And, so, and I'm like, okay, I'll go check the mail. And <laughs> sure enough, stuff. <laughs> but um, there was uh, a person that had called and they said that they wanted to partner with us. They, uh, they said that they wanted to, um, they saw that what we were doing. And they were so, um, I guess, inspired by what God was calling us to do and that they wanted to partner with us. And... Um, it was several people that started calling us. Like, I didn't pursue them at all. And they're just like, I just really felt like we needed to partner with you. And so the amount that we had made with the various partners was way more than what we had made in the previous seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and, and just seeing God take us through all of that, that's why I shared this scripture with you. The work really wasn't on the around us. The work really was on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get married, most of the time, you want to pluck a fruit off of this tree. 
so you can be happy. And also this person wants to, to pluck a fruit off of this tree mm -hmm. so they can be full. But the gardener of this tree is this one. And the gardener of this tree is this one. So if, if there's no fruit on this tree, and the word of God is on the inside of me opening me up, The gardener has to come in and I have to accept it. We do this thing where at the end of, we used to do it more often, but now we don't wish you, would, I would ask like, in what areas can I do better for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and we just sit there and I say, and, and my job is to just listen. Because in that she's tending to my garden, saying, hey, I see weeds. Mm -hmm. Something is growing over here that is not blessing me. I planted mangoes, but I'm getting Brussels sprouts. You know, it's, it's why? Because I have, because it's, it's, it's God who has designed me, but it can take her to expose what's on the inside of me. And, and vice versa. So those were things that we were learning through these, these times when I would think that, ha, right now I've disappointed her. This is not the manly man. Especially, it's not even the manly man like Africa, you know, over there it's slightly different, but manly man in American dream is a whole different ball game. And so it's, it just leaves you with these, um, I, I want to say evil feelings of not enough, not meeting needs, comparison, unsatisfied, and it's like, man, I have things on the inside of and that's why I say she's my minister, because this is the person that I can, I can go home and I get honest correction, okay? And it's like, nah, you missed it. And I'm like, oh, all right, help, okay. Can you, can, you, can you go deep in that? Help me understand when you said this, this, oh, all right. And so that thing with the three things, we learned it from Les Pair. He's, he's, a, he's a professional marriage counselor that we used to take classes from. And in those early stages, it was such a tool to just sit back and just listen to. You washed the dishes and that blessed me today. And then the second one, I won't go through the list, but that's just an example. The other two are for me to improve. <laughs> and I have to listen, take note, and then I'll, she will turn the favor. How about me? How can I support you? And those are small things that we started to do. And then we also went to this thing where, what scripture are you praying over me? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, man, today I was reading Psalm 121, and I prayed this over you. And I was like, oh, in the office when I called you, I was reading this, and I was praying this over you. Why? Because if, if we're not laboring to partner to, to cultivate what God has already planted you know, whenever you remember that verse where Paul gets to Corinth and says, do you guys believe since you're baptized? They're like, yeah, Apollos did our work. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we may have done all of this and watered and done it, but God gives the harvest. Mm -hmm. And so can you imagine if, if God is given the harvest, that means he's a, he has already connected the harvest to the seed. Mm -hmm. That's why when you say apple, tree, you're really getting a seed. And so in the process, you're really saying, I have the harvest, 
I have the roots, I have its sustenance, I have its future in a little piece. But you know what happens? You gotta you got let the ground do its work. <laughs> and that's where to me, marriage really becomes that place that sometimes when you're in the process of the work, you feel drained. And you're supposed to feel drained. Because the water in this small seed is not enough to be the water supply for that. Mm. <laughs> the water supply is in the ground. Mm. <laughs> and so those are the things that I remember through this time, I found the formation was really discovering mm -hmm. the things that God has put in my life. And now I love it because the process, which is where we started off by saying sometimes the we have dismissed the word suffering mm -hmm. so much that we wait till it's so intense and so in our face that that's when we want to respond. Mm -hmm. and, and yet, that transformational stage that Paul is talking about, the inerrant power and ability to grow and transform is just as painful <laughs> because you're... You're being transformed from the inside out, and, and God is revealing his true nature from the inside of you, and that's what your spouse fists on, and that's how, that's how we grow together. And then uh, just one of the last questions uh, we had is, in what ways do you refuse to suffer? That is, to be patient, to bear pain, and to persevere with your spouse. What would need to occur in your life for each of you to develop a vision and to be willing to bear the pains of childbirth on behalf of your spouse? I have a story for this one as we close. Okay. I told you I was a story guy. A couple one time came to, to the office and they said, David, we're done. We've tried everything. We've been married for 35 years and we're done. And you know what I'm thinking the first thing in my own head. I've been, I've been married as long as you have. And I asked them a question, I said, before we discuss anything, tell me, when did you receive Christ in your heart? The husband says, I got saved in 1969. He remembered the day, the time, the moment of everything. And the wife says, almost identical thing. I got saved after we got married, maybe three years after. Like, so you, all of you have been saved more than 30 years. And then I said, have you applied Christ to your marriage? And they looked at me, they're like, what do you know? We've been saved, we've been applying Christ to our marriage. And then I asked them, I said, what is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? And they looked at me, they're like, what do you mean? I said, the day you received Christ, you received his likeness. Every fruit that's existent in the presence of the Holy Spirit is also present in your life. And then I asked, have you been patient enough to the point that it costs you the salvation of your marriage? Have you been long-suffering enough to the point of the salvation for your marriage? So I began going through the fruits. And they sat there, looked at me, and the husband says, we haven't tried everything. And started bawling. And I said, I'm going to give you a moment. I'm going to leave the office. 
Because I knew that's all the Lord had put on my heart to share with them. What I heard in my spirit was they haven't tried me yet. And I think sometimes when trouble surrounds us, we think we've tried God, but really we haven't. Because when we look to Jesus, you're like, in the book of Peter, he's like, I'm patient so that all may come to hear of the gospel and make their decision. And then in, in the book of Timothy, he says, if you have tasted, there's no way you can reject once you have tasted of the goodness, of the wealth that is in Christ Jesus. And that's why I shared this with you is maybe most of what you're going through, you've given Jesus a 10% try and tried everything else a thousand percent. And so as we're closing with this, that question is in this book. It's called uh, Intimate Allies by Alenda Longman. Yep, Dan B. Alenda and Temper Longman. It's, if you don't study books with your spouse, just do it. I just listen to podcasts on your drives. We, we love to travel at night because at, the kids have dinner, put, put them in a the van, they all go to sleep, and we play an audio book. <laughs> and, and sometimes she too goes to sleep, but I'm the driver, so I'm conditioned to get all of the work. And then she'll wake up and say, where are we? And I'll be like, oh, pause. Now let me give you an update. Repreach the whole book and then play again. So the, we found ways to really, to really begin to say, is God working in our marriage? Is this issue too big for God or is it too big for us? And those things have helped us a lot.